Hello, we are here for another episode of the Music Prophet, and this week we're gonna we're having a it's a it's a we're gonna have two songwriters in the studio, and they're gonna play three songs live, and it's gonna be interesting because they're also they've been in the music industry for a while, they've done a lot of projects, both that are still running and some that are finished, and so there's a lot of I think there's gonna be a lot of interesting stories that you'll find, yeah. so. Uh, my guests today are Tanner Reinhardt and Shauna Fisher. Shauna Fisher? Shauna Sha- 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 Fisher. Sha- Fisher. Maybe That's your uh, stage name I now. Just be yeah. Tan, man. <laughs> you can take my ER. Yeah. Tan Reinhardt and Shauna <laughs> Fisher. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but we have Sean Fisher and Tanner Reinhardt in the studio today. That's my name. Perfect. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I made up a, uh, like, you know, I was, like, I know it's Music Profit, but if you were going to have your own Kyle Vine podcast, it would go something like this. He's not a tree. He's not a branch. He's Kyle Vine. Kyle Vine podcast. That would be brilliant. Yeah. Pretty good. I mean, I made a radio commercial last night that was a mix of beatboxing on top was with spoken word on top and it kind of went that way. Nice. <laughs> it was cliche, but it works. Yeah. So, uh, talk. So I guess we'll start with, uh, Tanner. Yeah. Uh, so tell us about your journey into music and how it's gone from playing in a, in bands and solo projects and then now just Not a new right. album at this point. Okay. Yeah. Rewind to the beginning. Uh, yeah, let's so go back. I grew up in Elliott Lake, uh, just playing music with my friends and my older brother played music. So that kind of interested me. And the, I think at that time, like the, the cool bands were like Weezer and Green Day um, and they're still cool, so that's a testament to how awesome they are. Uh, Nirvana was big. Foo Fighters were starting to get big after that. Um, you know, Smashing Pumpkins, all that stuff. Oasis was huge, and I remember uh, playing Wonderwall for the <laughs> for the school in grade six, and we did some Green Day. I don't even I don't remember what Green Day song we did, but anyways, that's where it started. So we played we played that, and uh, you know, people people were into it. And I had fun, so just like stuck with it. And um, then, you know, I guess grade 13, OAC year, which doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't even exist anymore. It's not even a no. song. I'm so old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and dying each day. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just worrying a little myself bit more to death. inside. One day at a time. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's actually <laughs> it. <laughs> And that's it. That and from there, it's been a slow and steady decline. No, <laughs> that's actually that is a good. That's a good point, though, right? Because after, after that, after the youth and like the high school period, when all of a sudden life takes over, it's a completely different way that you make music. Like you have other things to worry about, and listen point. to music too. Yeah, that's true. My taste has changed so much. So, like, if you look at like the band that I was in in the OAC year, it was kind of like Alexis on fire. We actually even got to play a show with Alexis on Fire, which was cool, but it was like an eye opener for me. And I kind of realized like, yeah, those guys are like those, they're doing it and we're kind of pretending. You yeah, know? you're not doing yeah, it. We're yeah. not doing it the way that they are. So that was an eye opener. And uh, shortly after I quit that band and I started a new band where I got to be the lead singer. Like I was doing like the Dallas Green thing where he was singing the backup vocals and we had a screamer. He would do the, you know, he would do the main vocals and every now and then I have my part. And I, uh, after that, I was thinking like, well, maybe I can write some songs and I can sing. And so I did that. And so that was life blown open. 
and uh, we were around for a while. We, you know, we moved to Toronto for a while, and you know, we we're playing the, the Horseshoe Tavern and making some headway. Uh, but I ultimately found like that was not like after a few years in Toronto. I, first of all, I hated Toronto; it's too busy. Um, and then second of all, not making the the strides that you know I kind of thought we would, maybe naively. It's, you know, you do this long enough, what you realize is uh, doesn't matter how good you are, right? I mean, there's a podcast with the Black Keys uh, and Joe Rogan on a little while ago. It's a great yeah. podcast. Yeah, it's a great podcast, man. You know, talking about how they made it, and it was like just they, they were just doing it. You know, they yeah, just, you kept, do it. They just I, kept. I think going. there's a big misconception that you got to be in Toronto to do it, or you got to be in a big city. I mean, you got to go to the big city and you got to play the big city, but you don't need to, you don't need to live there to do no. it, to be part of the scene maybe. But like, I found that, you know, like, cause, cause we used to play Toronto a lot and our, uh, our, our publicist was out there. Uh, we have a, like a licensing company out there. We, our manager was out there. Um, and the scene got so small. It's like, and we weren't living in Toronto. It's just like, right. we're making strides and you know, like, We'd go there and we'd, you know, do uh, photo- photography, like, we'd do everything, like, through our manager or whatever, but, mm-hmm. like, all, so, but we ended up, you know, I'd be in Toronto, I wouldn't be, uh, you know, I didn't need to live there, but I'd go there and it'd be like, this band's playing at this place, this band's playing at this place, and it just turned into a community so quickly, and I'm like, wow, I always thought that you had to, like, move to Toronto, you gotta move to Montreal or Vancouver, well, not Vancouver so much anymore, but a big, like, mecca center or epicenter, mm-hmm. I guess. And I, and I think that the internet obviously is helping to make that community a lot more accessible for everybody, which is nice. Yeah. So, so even more so now you don't have to move to Toronto. I think we just kind of were like, you know, we were trying to live the dream, you know, trying to, I don't know. You don't know. You know we, no were, handbook. we didn't know. We didn't know. You know, yeah. we didn't know that, uh, it was, there it is was, actually was, kind of a handbook. I mean, yeah, there is. Yeah. Metaphorically and physically. No, somewhere. there, yeah, the physically there is a handbook. Well, like, like. You know, that Black Keys interview, they were saying, like, Rogan kept on saying, I'm like, you should help people to navigate this industry because you're going into the unknown constantly and everything, you're just trying to figure stuff out. And, and you have to have, you have to have a dedicated team. And that's not easy to come by. That work ethic that it takes to just keep pushing and keep moving, because you throw stuff out, like you're emailing people and it, you may as you're throwing it into the abyss. You know, sometimes nothing comes back. Mm -hmm. And then every now and then you might get a little something. You get a little spark and then you got to turn that into a fire. And that's hard to do. Yeah, man. So, Oh yeah. Takes really honestly takes either you a hundred percent being committed to it. And then if, if you get that tipping scale, you won't be able to handle it anymore. But even with, even with the team, because like when we were doing it, we had, it was a six or seven person team, like right. working, getting paid, our friggin' uh, uh, agency, our manager, publicist, the licensing company, um, me and the other guys, like we all had our, other than writing music, we all had our like, it's like Chris was like, uh, he was like our social media dude and graphic right. designer. Just you know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. you, you have to be a, like, it's not like how it was back in the day. You, now you have to be, if you want to be a musician, you know what else you got to be good at doing? <laughs> Graphic design and website development. And selling yeah. things. Yeah. Copywriting. Like well, yeah. every single freaking thing, right? So yeah. it, it's, 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 it's hard. It's a really hard industry to be in. And for everyone listening, uh, to 
give context, you were part of C. Perry. Yeah. For years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we yeah. made a lot of really good strides. You know, we I feel like we got close to doing, uh, like, I, I think that we did some things that are notable, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, still, despite, you know, all the things that we did, we still, you know, weren't able to get over uh, a hump. And, you know, like you can tack that up to anything. You guys made some good stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I listened to that album yeah. and it's, uh, it's really well done. Yeah. That's right. Well, so, we, we, yeah. we, we had a lot of good people like working on it. producer, yeah. you know, we had good, uh, the publicity on it was really good. We worked with a company called Indoor Recess, which I don't know if you know the Strumbellas, that's uh, Indoor Recess at the behest of the Strumbellas because we did a bunch of shows with them. They said, if you were looking for a publicist, go to these guys. And let me tell you, a publicist is freaking expensive, man. Yeah. Super duper expensive. It's worth it. You know, but it's something when you're writing music and you're writing a song about, uh, you know, your girl that you're saying that you want to be with. But in fact, she has come to me and said, he doesn't even want to be with her. And I don't know why he's writing the song. Yeah. But anyways, it's you're all just, fake. yeah, that's just a joke. But <laughs> anyways. Like you're, you're just trying to focus on writing great songs. Yeah. You're, you're, you, you weren't there. Um, uh, like you just want to focus on writing the music, you know, but like there's all these other freaking yeah. doors that, and, you know, need, you need to freaking knock on or yeah. open or whatever. And like coming from the opposite end of the spectrum, like we didn't, we didn't employ anybody. Like, we were like, you know what? We're going to make good music. We're just going to focus on making the music we love. And we're just going to keep, you know, making that music and playing and getting better at at live shows. And that's what we're going to do. And then things will fall into place. And some things did. Like, we played some Battle of the Bands. And we got, you know, we got some funding. We got to record at Metalworks Studio. We got to take, like, ProLogic courses. And, uh, you know, we were attending Canadian Music Week. We were networking. We got like stage coaching, we got all this stuff happening. Um, but we never took, you know, like, I don't think we ever like plunged in and like invested in the way that, uh, I think that, that you don't you need to, to get to that next well, step. Yeah. step. Maybe That's you just don't punk rock DIY. You know, there used to be such a network for all this stuff, like such a just built in network and like fanzines and, you know, like all this thing. But like now there's so many and you can blame it on, like, I mean, you can blame it on, oh, there's so many music, so much music. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I worry. I'm like, maybe we just weren't good enough. You know what I mean? Like, I think you know? every musician feels that. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I maybe. Think every, at some point, you're going to look in the mirror and go, yeah, maybe you're just not cut. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and isn't, I feel like, isn't there an element where to it as well, where in, like, the 90s and 2000s even, bands were supporting bands. Like, it was, you yeah. could open... You could open for Big Wreck, yeah, as an early rock band, and that would be your platform, Rec. right? Yeah. We but we play with Big Wreck, nice. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're at that time, I feel like you would be able bands. to I embarrass open myself in, Ian Thor- in front of Ian Thornley. <laughs> He's great, amazing. He's very tall. That is a solid landmark. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. people used to support each other a lot, mm-hmm. and like just you know talking about battle of the bands when I was growing up. Bands were getting pitted against each other constantly. Yeah, and I know it's always been happening. Like, like you know, like Neil Young mentions the word Southern Man in a song, and like, well, we don't need Neil Young around here, no how. <laughs> like, so there's always been. There's, <laughs> I'm not not following you on that one. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, it's the song <laughs> so, Southern Man by uh, yeah, yeah, no, Neil no, Young. no. But but what's with the we don't need you around here? 
Oh, uh, he says that in the in the. Oh, uh, this one of the lyrics. He says, "Yeah, uh, uh, Neil Young sang about her. We're a southern man, don't need oh, around nanny hill." So who's singing that song? That I'm singing that to you. Oh, no, it's by it's by Leonard Skinner. I mean, yeah, I don't okay. care if you right now saying that. That's that. Uh, what's that called uh, again? Uh, Sweet Home Alabama. So uh, no. Oh yeah, it is. Sweet that Home is Sweet Home Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, what it's are a, the chances that I knew that? Pretty low. Pretty. But high. I guess that is actually pretty that low. is a good point because yeah. at that time there was there's competition to it and. If not you so have a sound, no. then no one else can have that sound. Yeah, yeah. But, like, the battle, mm. the battle of the Bands thing wasn't, like, a huge... Like, when I was growing up, like... And maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe everybody would do this. No, but it'd be like, it'd be you're like your girlfriend comes up to you and she's like, Hey, you know Billy's band? They suck compared to you. And it's like, that's... Uh, when, 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 like, to have any good kind of, like, relationships with people. Like, that's that's how we did anything is, like... Be like, hey man, we're playing a show here. Do you want to open for us? Hey, yeah. okay, cool. Like we'll gig swap, you know. And you make friends and you go support each other because you like music, yeah. you know. Not, not like, hey, hey, I saw your band and we're better than you. Yeah, yeah, totally. You didn't have that that competitive spirit. Well, <laughs> yeah. So being in a band, you like now you have to be a fierce competitor. You gotta too. be. It's like you're competing. Yeah, I don't know if I see. Like I think you could approach it that way. I always I hated, felt like that. I hate. I hate. I hated battle of people. Like I remember, be like, no, dude, you don't need yeah. to tell me that we're better. Like how, I, I enjoyed well, that. Well, band, how actually. how is music? Like how do you compete? I mean, yes, yeah, sure. Decibel people, level. Some people, yeah, of the course. Louder, <laughs> <laughs> the louder you are, the better you That's are. That's why Kyle always has his decibel meter. He's like, Sean's riding at ninety eight <laughs> dBs right now, Tanner. You're locking in at 92. I'm sorry. Sean's better. I'm yeah. sorry if you look on the board here, we have all the winners. That's why he stole your ER and he's Seaner and you're just... <laughs> That's where I got my... Yeah, their credentials. Those six decibels yeah. earned you that name. Yeah, I man. Mean, the the yeah. ER is the credential. I didn't know that. Seaner, so, yeah. So, but the title of... But I think like it's, it's true. You know, like yeah. winning Battle of the Bands really doesn't do a lot either. <laughs> it's a title, yeah. but then at the same time you are. You're, you're doing a show... And you're essentially opening for whoever the last band is anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're first, you're opening act. Yeah. Regardless yeah. of whether you win or not. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, I don't know if you know the concept of the battle. Like, you don't win to go first. Is that what you're saying? No, I mean, I mean, when it, if you look at Battle of Bands yes. as a show itself. Oh, I People see watching that. it as a fan, yeah. maybe it's a contest, but if you're yeah. sticking around to see all the bands, oh, yeah, yeah. you're basically seeing a concert yeah. of and I think if you're, five bands. Yeah, if you're watching concert. a band, and you're and the whole time you're watching them, you're, you're like assessing like, okay, so how good is the bass? Yeah, you're not enjoying it. And I'm now going to assess the drumming, and I'm going to assess the stage presence. It's like, you're not really enjoying it. Yeah, and that's not the point, I don't think. Of a live show. You would no. have two kinds of people at these shows. One would be the people that are like, no matter how crappy your band is, they're going to be like, oh my God, you guys are so good. Like, I've yeah. never seen you guys be so freaking good. And then you'll have the person that they're like, no, I will do, I'm doing a disservice Man. to them. Just tell them they're yeah. good. I'm going to, now I'm going from no level of understanding music or anything. Yeah. Now I'm going to critique them yeah. to shreds. I have, I think all musicians are going to have some friends who will come up to you after the show. Yeah. They will, they might, they might say something like, hey, great show. And then it's a big, but here's what I would have done differently. And it's like, yeah. speaking from a standpoint where they really have no idea what they're talking about. So yeah. it's, 
it's always interesting to hear. Yeah, well, I mean, like... But you gotta listen. You yeah, do have to you listen. Have, you have to listen, and, and it's like, you don't need to have, like, a freaking doctorate of music to, like, no. judge music, but, like, you know, people trying to, like, put too much... It's like, well, your, your drummer, when he was hitting the snare drum, it seemed really loud, and I don't know if, <laughs> right, I, yeah. I don't know if we could do anything about that. It's like... Well, that's not really... Yeah, I, I'm bored of you talking. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> okay. Well, but let's talk... Actually, let's talk about feedback. When it comes to hearing it, how do you... How do you take that and filter it? Like, is there a process? Uh, definitely. So, like, growing up, I received a lot... I, I mean, playing in a band, you are putting yourself out there for people to criticize you. That's it's, That's a big part of what you're doing. Yeah. And if you cannot handle that criticism, good luck. So you're going to hear a lot of criticism and you need to learn to basically, uh, you have to assess, you have to stay, I think you have to stay as neutral as possible. And that's super hard to do because people get attached. There's a lot of ego in music, especially as a young man. And now, now that I'm getting, I'm in my thirties now, my ego is definitely dissipating, but it's still there. And so when you hear people saying things that, might be construed as negative you have to it's like i don't know i mean i've never gotten a tattoo but i imagine it's probably a good analogy because it's gonna hurt but you just accept it and then you have this i mean i mean for a tattoo you have a beautiful piece of art but in terms of you're left with something with music you're gonna be left with yeah like you're gonna be given some some useful material to uh to use to improve improve. yeah or devolve what about you, Sean? Well, I'll use a good example. Like, you know, we were running through uh, Time Assassin and Tanner gave me the lyrics so I could, you know, harmonize them, harmonize with him. And I read the lyrics for the chorus. I actually got shiv- shivers. Like, I'm, I'm not kidding. I really, it really did. Yeah, I thought he was and joking. I wasn't sense. joking because you can't take me seriously. I get that. <laughs> but like I told him, I'm like, th- I'm like, these lyrics are really good. And... He, him processing that was just like a robot, like receiving like <laughs> data. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> receiving data, like you know, like thinking circle. You could see just the circle. Like, yeah, I could see the circle in his eyes, his left what does eye. This mean? More specifically, integrating. Looking, yeah, <laughs> integrating com- uh, uh, co- compliment center satisfied. <laughs> Water alert! Water alert! Water. Is this worth listening to? Yeah, yeah. Oh wait, it is. All right, yeah. I'll actually like yeah, totally. tune in. So even <laughs> even yeah, positive criticism, yeah, comes even po- a filter. Like, that's what I'm saying. So negative criticism, but like positive criticism, it's like like I would almost always face it with some kind of skepticism. Mm. And like, can I really trust my grandma that this song no. is good? The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> Your grandma's always going to say it's amazing. I thought you were going to say your grandma's always wrong. No, about other things. She's right. In life. Yeah. yeah. She's right. I mean, she'll find some sort of good element about yeah. it, you know? Your shirt looks great while you were singing that song. You were so handsome up on that stage. You. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't believe how, how, how well you were standing on that stage. Yeah, you stood so upright. <laughs> You're so upright. I've always said his posture is really good. He's got a good... What about the music, Grandma? Uh, let's talk about your posture. When it comes to your experience as musicians, do you find that with all the years, is it easier just to jump into a song, whether it's writing yeah, or performance totally. now? Oh, yeah, yeah, big time, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the more that you do it, the more comfortable you become. 
like I remember when I first started performing, man, my mouth would dry up on stage. I'd start to vibrate a little bit. I didn't even get like a, a vibrato happening that I wasn't even going for. Yeah, you know, people like think you're you, nervous. It's just like you start to sound like Matthew Good when you first start. You know, you know what I'm talking about. He had that yeah. like that like yeah. really intense vibrato. Yeah. And you're like, why am I sounding like this? I'm just nervous. <laughs> and then after a while, you just kind of go, well, you know what? Whatever. And we're just gonna go for it. And if confidence. people like it, that's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, you could call it confidence. Yeah. I would say it's confidence. Well, like I would rather hear somebody that has a characterful characterful like that's not a word but like someone that has character in their voice and is confident about their voice than right. someone that just hits notes yes you know what I mean mm-hmm. like you know robot yes yeah I remember trying to sound like people I was actually really good at imitating people is there any imitations you could I, I'm yeah I'm, right I'm interested yeah, too yeah yeah like singing voices yeah what are your, like, like, what are your imitations like, I could do like yeah, man my Tom Petty my Tom Petty was was bang on but I don't know if I can do it anymore. I was like, all right, so, 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 she's a good, she's a good, she's a good girl. Loves her mama. Oh, he did it. Jesus oh. In America too. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, don't, I don't know if it's on point right now, but I used to kill that. I used to kill Green Day too. Yeah. I, I, like, it's been a long time since I've... What was their What was their big song? Um, good riddance. Yeah, good riddance. Uh, Another turning point. A fork stuck in the road. I don't uh, know if I can do it anymore. Tom grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go. That's close. I got, less age, I feel like your voice would be able to pull it off. Yeah, I could do Michael McDonald. I used to do it really. You know good. Who Michael McDonald does? Let's hear it. He came from somewhere back in a long ago. I don't know who this is. How about, how about Aaron Neville? Well, I don't know. But I know I love you. Remember Aaron Neville? No, but I loved it. I don't care, man. I just love it. And so I can pull off. Got that much. I can pull off some country. Actually, I grew up listening to Oh, country. yeah. Hell yeah, brother. America. And so, like, okay. uh, you know, like, uh, who was it? Um. Randy Travis. Oh, yeah. I used to do a good bit, Randy Travis. So he does that song. I'm gonna love you forever. Ooh. Forever. That is terrifying how accurate that is. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, you're nailing it. You're yeah. Nailing it. Tom so, Petty, I was waiting. I was like, yeah, I don't know I'm about this. So on. No, you got No, you yeah. did a couple of yeah. America too. In America too. Yeah, yeah so, so, so like when he would do... Like one of the things that I noticed was like there's certain mechanics. Like you yeah. let, you raise your palate. Yeah, and your and tongue you, goes you like drawn up your voice and you kinda up into the notes. Yeah. You don't just hit them, you kinda up up into them. Yeah. You know? Man. Right. And so just by raising the palate, coming up with those, now you sound all of a sudden like yeah, it's man. like that Jordan Peterson impression. If you if you try and talk like Kermit the Frog and you use big words like substrate and you, you know, fundamental. Fundamental. The fundamental substrate. You know who Jordan Peterson clean your, is? Clean your room. Yeah, so what a, you're going to clean your room. Damn it. <laughs> and and that, that, it turns out that that's, uh, that's quite a useful tool. You know, and it's... <laughs> Ameliorate. It's, there's just certain things... That's just that a can, meme waiting to happen. A Kermit the Frog. It is. Oh it's my God. Kermit really the Frog so, doing yeah. a Jordan Peterson speech yeah. is just... Uh, Pretty sure it's happening. The yeah, next, sorry. like, w- yeah. vapor wave. Someone tried... Yeah. Like, at the end of his podcast, he tries to get people to... Well, uh, uh, people ask questions... And someone put a question that like, can you say this is Kermit the Frog signing off on the microphone? And he's like, in his, his screw you. 
<laughs> he just said screw you. He's like, or no, yeah, I think he swore, but I'm not sure if we can swear. So, what are some musicians that you do look up to? Because obviously, there's a lot of technical things that you're looking at with Randy Travis. But is that something that, like, you've both done growing, getting over the years? I can name, I can name like a handful of artists. Tom Petty was one, big time. Uh, um, Maynard uh, Keenan, James, Maynard James Keenan from yeah. from Tool, but. Yeah, through the A Perfect Circle project. That was massive. Oh, yeah. Chris that Cor- was a good project. Yeah. Actually. Oh, yeah. buddy. Yeah, I still to this day love it. And uh, Chris Cornell. Hands down, Soundgarden growing up was the band for me. And that doesn't come across at all in the way that I sing or write songs now, but just the inspiration. The way that he would compose, the lyrics were amazing, his voice, obviously. And now I'm, 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 I feel pretty blessed that uh, Big Wreck is still going because he... Has awesome, sort of, yeah. He has sort of taken over that that genre for, for for me at least. I mean, it's not as dark. Yeah, I don't it's think they more. get enough credit as like a band. They're they're like they're a really good band. Like they have a lot of really great songs. A and lot yeah. of really good, and man, can they play? Oh yeah, they totally. are. They're so amazing. Talented. They're amazing. What about you, Sean? Oh man, I, like I mean, growing up, like definitely like the whole like grunge scene, like you you know, and like combining, I guess. Like, more storytelling punk rock, you know what I mean? Like, like definitely, that's what I liked about grunge. It's like combining, it's like taking Tom Petty and combining him with, you know, like like a punk band, right? Like, like, the, like the Damned, like the Damned and freaking Tom Petty or something, right? But like, now, now I think like, the people that I try to model myself after, or that I look up to the most is like, Paul Simon. Like, Paul Simon is like, just playing awesome, like great great music but also telling really complex nuanced stories that kind of can like like take you from where you are and then just transplant you into a moment and like i i don't know i think that that's definitely definitely paul simon's amazing huge yeah. yeah there's certain levels i feel like because there's the general pop sort of style and then there's chris cornell who has does that emotional storytelling, and then there's a Paul Simon, which is just that next He's level. Like, oh, my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's a meme in itself. Oh yeah, you can totally. take anything and put that song over it. You, you make it gray. Yeah, that's true. It's like oh, like you could just take a screenshot of us sitting here, and then the camera slowly yeah. put it in slow comes mold. into us. Yeah. And play Hello Darkness, My Offer. And it means Gray, something. Grace, yeah. or whatever it's called. Grayscale it. Yeah. Slow mo. What's, all a, of a, sudden. what's a song that you could, like, that, do that with? That, no, that you can't do that with. You know what I mean? Like, what's well, a song sure that would be than, weird? I'm sure there's some. Like, that's a harder but, question. Like, no. are you walking down the like, filming somebody walking down the street and play a song that is just like, this is stupid. Yeah, I don't know. What do you like? What would you guys say? Since what? you're the ones being interviewed, of course. Yeah, I know. I'm asking questions. <laughs> I know, like, Sorry. Kevin, Kevin that is a really good question. Yeah, like, what is a song that is just not memeable at not all? Memeable? <laughs> I'm trying to think of something. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, I was going to say really chaotic music, but, like, that, you know, holds its own thing. Yeah, right? that can be, like... This band Psyopus, I don't know if you've heard of him, it's just chaotic. But I was like, no, if I was walking down the street, it'd be like, he's on drugs or something. Right? Unless it was a band like Death Grips or, like, JPEG Mafia... Things like that, where it's just a lot of noise and there's no yeah real instrumentation. Mafia is pretty visual, like right? Yeah, like, even the name. Yeah, JPEG. Well, like I saw picture, the right? I I heard I heard the, the the one song they had recently. 
uh, it's like a black and white video, right? And it's like the mm-hmm. whole song is like it's like somebody's voice. It's like ah, what's freaking? He's brilliant. I mean, but yeah, like man, he has nuts. songs like uh, Ben Carson is black, and uh, like he's just all political. Yeah, yeah, his songs are just right on the that edge of mm. cultural knowledge, but also just trying to get a point across and be yeah, man, noisy. I, I think like doing stuff to me, like what I would do, like my, my studios down the street, what I would do is I work on some kind of music and then I'm like, this sounds great in here, but then I, you know, get it on my phone, get it in my, my, uh, earbuds or whatever, or like, uh, and then I go on my bike and I go up the hill, like the hill by Sudbury secondary. And I just like drive up that hill. Then I turn on the song and kind of just cruise down the hill. You know what I mean? Cause like, it's fun, fun going down a hill and listening to music. Right. But if I'm like, I, if I can vibe on this while I'm like, or while you're working out or while you're doing, but you're right. The you know, environment right? that you listen to music dictates how it can be helped or experienced. Right. Because yeah, some yeah. songs are not good for driving. <laughs> yeah. 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 You just crash your car. Cause you're so, you're just so calm. You're so into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this song. Visual shutting yeah. down. Oh yeah, you can't put on a calm song. I will crash yeah, my goddamn my, car. It's, it's my, everything else shuts down except for my ear brain. And then yeah, my, I have no other else just build. shuts down. Do you have song? <laughs> is there are are there a couple songs you guys have that when you hear it, like everything just like the world just disappears? I really like this song by the Vines called uh, "The Winning Days" by the Vines. I really like that song. Um, for me, it's like. If I'm listening to something, that's what I'm doing. Like, I I give it my... Sometimes I actually stop myself, like, if I am driving, and I'm like, okay, let's let this color my scenery for a moment instead of just focusing so much on the music because I'm just, I'm just in it. Yeah. Another one, St. Valentine by Gregory Allen Isakoff is like... Like, I embody that. When I hear that song, I embody that song. Like, it's like, it's fully enveloping. Nice. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that's what's good about music because there's certain styles and there's certain genres too that are meant to be background and there's others that just take over your entire world. Yeah, man. And you have no choice but to sit and listen or turn it off. Yeah. Or have a panic. Or or kill yourself. Because that's <laughs> yes, always... Yes, that too. Yeah, that's always a choice. You could go get groceries, could not get groceries, or you can kill yourself. <laughs> That's the three choices you make in life. Yeah, always. It's You're always constantly a... facing an existential crisis. <laughs> yeah. Should I end it? Yeah. Sure. Or should I go get groceries? <laughs> Relating that to music, though, is that a thought that you have as a musician too, where there's where existentialism kicks in that you think about? What, am I? Am I really? Do I really want to do this anymore? No. No, not for me. I I felt like that. I felt frustrated before, yeah. where I'm like, what's the point? Like maybe I should do something else. Maybe I should put my energy somewhere else. But oh, but that's like that's okay. when like it's like well, like am I doing it for other people or am I doing it for myself? And you know what I mean. And so I think I think now I'm coming out of that. But I did go through a period where I was like I almost had uh, like disdain in regards. To it. I, I could see that happening to I you. Can, no, I mean like I could <laughs> see I could see it happening to someone. Yeah, I can definitely see that because I mean, it's hard. but it's all about expectations. Yeah, and if you don't, if you don't have expectations, then you can't be let down. And so, I feel like for me, 
I've never felt where I've never been in a place mentally where I didn't feel like I needed to play music. I feel like music is an everyday thing for me. It's, it's always been, I can't, there's no way, even in my most stressful times, I still play music. And, uh, that'll never, I don't, I, you know, I pray that that never changes because I really do. It is something I think that's very unique and special for me. And that's a really good way to wrap up the interview, actually. I like that finish. Uh, so you're listening to The Music Prophet with Tanner Reinhardt and Sean Fisher. You don't deserve the ER anymore. Oh, we're, we're not equal, you know? Ah, that dude. finishing comment just... I felt it. I felt myself losing it at one part. I'm like, ah, there goes the ER. I'm like... But you can get it back. You can still get the E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like, you still got that E. Sean's sitting over there going, oh, I'm losing the interview. <laughs> Tanner's running away yeah. with it. My he's, name's getting erased so off the board. Listen how loud he is. <laughs> he's so loud. How can I compete? But uh, as to go out, though, I think we should do... Another song? Yeah. If yeah. you want, you can play your... Uh, what if you play your single as a way to finish up the show? Sure. and give, Yeah. But also, but first, tell people where... They can, if you're where they can find you online and just some details about the album. So I, first of all, I really need to say thank you to everybody who has contributed to this new album. I put up an EP a little while ago on bandcamp.com and I didn't know what to expect, but I just put it out there. I put out a Facebook message. I said, Hey, I'm, I'm raising music for this album. You can go and buy the EP. My goal is $2,000. I'm going to try and hit that by the end of September. Although I didn't hit that goal, I raised $1,500 for the album, which will cover most of the mastering. So I just want to say thank you to everybody who has contributed to that. That is so meaningful and so valuable. And that's the kind of thing that kind of pushes me to keep, to keep making music and to really try and focus on making this album as good as it can be. You can find this EP that I was just talking about on bandcamp.com. Uh, so, so it's tannerreinhardt.bandcamp.com, I, I believe is the address. Yeah, so thanks for uh, tuning in, and we'll be back <laughs> next week.